Good morning, The Way Church. Uh, excited to see you guys, and hopefully some of you have received the email that we sent out this week talking about us being a church again soon. And so <laughs> we look forward to being with everyone. We want to invite you guys out to worship with us this Friday evening. Um, it's, I want to be clear, uh, to me it's, it's not a worship evening, it's a prayer meeting. And we had a wonderful time this last Friday. And uh, I believe that it's super imperative for us all to hear powerful prayers and to be in an atmosphere that it provokes us. Uh, one, some time ago, I got this illustration of this delicious pitcher of Kool-Aid. And I remember when I was a kid, you know, we grew up a little poor, and so we always uh, had Kool-Aid. You know, that's what we did, you know, purple drink, you know. And so uh, we'd always put the sugar in the big pitcher and, like, three big scoops, right, half a cup of sugar. And then we'd put the purple drink in there, and um, the water would turn all purple. But what we knew is that if you poured it, um, it would taste sucky because everything that was good was at the bottom and you had to get that big long stick you know the one long enough that your fingers didn't go and everyone else's kool-aid and uh, everything that's good is at the bottom and you got to stir it up and I feel like that's what happens when you get around saints that cry out to God is it does something inside of you uh, we're doing a series right now called I caught a prayer because I didn't want to do a teaching on prayer. Although, this is going to be a teaching on prayer. What do you mean, pastor, you don't want to do a teaching on prayer? I've heard 85 sermons on prayer. And most of the time when someone teaches on prayer, what happens is everyone just feels guilty that they don't pray enough. That's not what we're trying to do. We don't want to put guilt on you. What we want you to do is catch a prayer that says, I want that. I want that. I can do that. And we want to make it simple and easy enough that, you know, I think of like little um, Smalls uh, from, from the Sandlot when he just put his glove up in the air and Benny the Jet Rodriguez says, just put your hand up in the air and I'll take care of the rest. We want you to catch a prayer that's so simple enough that your heart would gravitate to it. Last week, um, we really... Um, shared some things that I really got a sense is the word of the Lord for our church right now and I believe for the body of Christ. I don't often come with like this big prophetic message, but I do feel like there is a prophetic word for the body of Christ right now that's about being ready. I get a sense for our church and I get a sense for the body of Christ and there is um, this parable about the, tw the ten, 12 virgins, 10 virgins, and um, the Lord is reminding them to be ready and have oil in their lamps. And many of them run out and they go to go and buy some so they, they can be ready when they come back. But when they come back, they find out that the Lord has already came. I want to know that our, we're ready and that there is oil in our lampstands and that our hearts are hungry for God right now, right now, right now. And many of us are either working too hard or too fast or we're stalled out too much that we've become bored spiritually and we haven't engaged our hearts into prayer. 
And so I'm not trying to come up with a sermon that would move you. I want to remind you that the Lord is, he loves you. And he loves your prayers. And he loves when he has your attention. So anything that you say that comes out of your heart, the Lord grabs to. But he's not interested in these lackluster prayers that don't cost anything or they really don't move you. If if it's not moving you, it's probably not moving anything around you. And so that's kind of what I wanted to get into today. But I really, last week we said from Romans, uh, uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 5, this powerful verse where the Jesus would, Jesus, verse four, where Jesus wrote to the church and he said, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. You've left your first love. What does that look like to leave Jesus? I think what happens is, is that we forget how to talk to him. It's like what happens in a marriage when it grows cold. People just don't know what to say anymore. And you can't stop talking. You have to go back to reminding yourself and provoking yourself and stirring it up again. I love you. I I committed to you. I gave you my life. I'm in it for you. And that's where we start. And you say that over and over and over again if that's what it takes for you to get back to the point where you remind yourself why we're here. I caught a prayer. I want to get back to my first love and I want to be ready for what Jesus is going to do in our church, at the Wake Community Church and in this city and in the body of Christ. There's a great deal of urgency inside of me right now. I caught a prayer. Let's pray. Jesus, would you help? Amen. So Psalms uh, 142, verse 1, it, it says this, I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. And in 1 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 20, they say, the, they cry out to God during the battle, and he answered their prayer because they trusted in him. They cried out to the Lord in battle, and he answered them because they trusted in him. I um I wonder what happened that the body of Christ has forgotten how to cry out to the Lord. You know, really raise our voices. I don't know where you learned prayer, but maybe you're a mom or you're a dad, or maybe you're a grandparent and maybe you're single, I don't know. But I think that there are people in our life that need to learn how to pray and really go after Jesus. And I want you to understand that as a disciple of Jesus, which this is the vision of our church, is to make disciples, I know that even disciples fall asleep through prayer. And sometimes we miss prayer. In the Gospels, Jesus was crying out to the Father. He's he's praying. He's about to go to the cross. And he's begging God, if you could pass this cup from me. And he's asking his disciples, hey, I need you to pray right now. Guys, would you wake up? Would you pray? And they fall right back to sleep. And Jesus is pouring his heart out to God. And the disciples are sleeping. And man, if there's like a message I have for the body of Christ right now, it's don't sleep now. 
Let's pray. And so I'm, I'm committing to the next 14 days uh, to prayer. The next 14 days, would you pray with me? Would you, would you, I, I, I just am asking you to commit certain time frames, certain windows, five minutes, 10 minutes, just stretch yourself, but engage in serious prayer. David cried out and the Lord heard him. I wonder, have you ever cried out? I wonder, would our kids, if, 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 if we died tomorrow, would our kids know how to pray because we showed them? Because we prayed it over them. Because I think it's so important that we understand that if we're going to teach the people we love anything, it should be where to go to find help. And that's to Jesus. I learned prayer from being around the saints. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And so I heard prayer from sitting with older women of God. Some of my favorite times have been, uh, there was this church that I was on staff at just a few years ago. And every morning before church started, about five older ladies would get together and pray before church. And they'd say, Pastor, are you going to join us today? Absolutely. And I'd go into this little room and they'd shut the door and I would just watch. It's fascinating. Some of these people reminded me what it means to lift my voice and cry out to God for healing. Oh God, that you would bring your anointing. God, that you would turn our hearts and they would, they would pray and they would yell and there'd be authority in their voice. There'd be crazy conviction and they would pray like the whole world depended on them praying for revival in their church, for healing in the altars, for salvation, for, 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 for marriages to be mended again. I don't know, but do you believe in the power of prayer? I do um, believe in the power of prayer. What's funny is, I, I think if I was to ask every one of us, we would say absolutely. But one of the reasons why we don't pray is because there's a layer of shame because I don't pray enough. This happens especially with men. Men are doers, and if we miss the mark or don't meet the standard, we feel like quitting is the best method. Listen, if prayer is good, not doing it because you don't do it enough is the exact opposite of direction where we should be running. Instead, I believe that we should grab our hearts to prayers that are simple, that will awaken our heart to passion. I don't have confidence in my prayers. I have confidence in Jesus in me. And I believe that Jesus has washed the shame from us. So whatever you didn't do or whatever standard you didn't meet, you're absolved of that because of the love of God. He just wants you. And the worst thing that we can do, I get this vision as I'm praying here today, is can you imagine if it was, if you were 16 years old this year and it was your birthday and you had this huge surprise party thrown for you and inside was everyone you loved and you got to the house 
and you felt like you weren't wearing the right outfit and you saw everyone's cars and decided that you didn't want to go in because you didn't look good enough. Everyone in there doesn't care what you're wearing. They love you. And many of us are intimidated because of, are we prepared? Just let it come out of your heart. Just let it come out of your heart. Prayer is powerful. I have a couple truths that I have to feel like I have to bring to you today, but I wanted to make sure you understand. Dads, men, I have, um, on my keychain, I have four keys uh, that I keep with me at all time. They're skeleton keys. They mean nothing to anyone else. In fact, a lot of people will ask me, what is that about? And I often remind myself that um, I'm the high priest of my house. And no one can pray for my family like me. Even though sometimes I don't feel adequate enough to pray for the people in my life. I'm a gatekeeper. And I have the ability to speak over my children what I believe God wants to put inside of them better than anyone else. And I will choose to open and lock those doors or I won't, but I will. And I want to remind you that you are a gatekeeper. Many of us would say we believe in prayer. I want to petition you to stir it up. A couple things I have to throw at you quickly here today. One, the, 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 the book of James, chapter 5, would say this. Um, Are any of you suffering from hardships? You should pray. <laughs> Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call on the elders of church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. He says, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. Do you believe in prayer? Do you believe in the power of prayer? Do you believe that prayer changes things? What if you unleashed a powerful prayer? If I was to skip down just a couple verses here, it would say that Elijah was as human as you are. And it says, he's as human as you are, yet he prayed earnestly and no rain fell for over three and a half years. You have power in your prayer. The Lord has put authority inside of you. Some of us don't know how to stir up faith. And one of the prayers that I want to ask you to learn how to pray is, God, give me faith. Jesus stood before Lazarus' tomb, and he said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. And I think that that's so important because you need to know that God loves you. He wants you. He loves you. He wants you. And he put his spirit and authority inside of you. And only you can stir up the things that he's called you to stir up. But like never before, I believe that we are living in an hour in an urgency where we must begin to release the things that God has put in our life that he's given us keys to. Your family, your home, your neighbors, your ministry, which is your workplace, stir up the gifts of God inside of you. And uh, 
He, he would say this, he says, uh, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make them well. He, he would say in 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that they may be healed. An earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Have you ever been in a room where someone that was anointed began to pray? And they begin to stir themselves to pray. And they begin to lift their voice and pray. I believe now is the time that we do that. And I would challenge you for five or six minutes, lock your hearts on something that God cares about. And what you want to do is you, so one of my favorite prayers that I overheard that I caught years ago was, God, I want to love like you. God, I want to love like you. God, I want to love like you. Now, the way that Jesus loved was not like anything that I've ever done. He, he, he was so different. In fact, his love drove him to the cross. His love was generous. He was always willing to self-sacrifice and put others before him. And when Jesus prayed, there's this prayer that he prays here in the, right before he goes to the cross, he, he says this in John, uh, 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 Matthew 23, 27. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones the messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hand protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. This is the heart of Jesus. This is the heart of God. He's pouring his heart out, desiring to be with his people. Jesus is desiring to be with me. And one of the things that hurts him is that we are so resistant of these things. I have to stop there. We're so resistant of it. And he's crying in this passage. God is crying because he desires to be with his people. I'm teaching you about prayer not about anything that you're going to do later or anywhere you're going to go or key to unlock your finances. I'm talking about what's in God's heart. God, I want to love like you. I prayed, and God showed me this a long time ago. I was, when I was 19, I was being mentored by this beautiful woman, Christy. We were in an internship, and I remember one night, we were, uh, a whole bunch of us were camping. We were laying down underneath the stars, and I was upset about something and I said I just don't understand what God's trying to do in my life and she said I think you're overcomplicating a lot of things all we have to do is be just good clay she said just be good clay if clay is good it's moldable uh, you can move it in any direction that it needs to go it's pliable Oftentimes in scripture, uh, we are examples of clay, jars of clay, really. And the, God is the potter. And in his hands, good clay should be moldable. Should be able to move it into a different direction, turn it into a different object. Should be pliable, bendable. But what happens is if it's separated from the father for too long, it can dry. And when it dries, it's not pliable anymore. In fact, in that point, it's even breakable. And uh, I, I've found in some seasons in my life where I wasn't willing to change. Where in God's hands, 
Um, I've missed the mark a few times. And then I realized, oh God, what have I done? And I feel like I'm broken on the inside. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but I think even when the subject of prayer comes up, some people feel like they've just missed it. But you have to understand the love of the Father. The scripture says that a broken and contrite spirit my heart has not despised. What I love is that broken is still perfect for God. Sometimes he'll just rework it. And sometimes he'll just put us back together into a scenario where he can do something different with it. I want my life to be moldable and movable. I caught a prayer a long time ago. Jesus, I want to love like you. I remember hearing prayers in the room as these women would, would, would speak in tongues and they'd begin to stir themselves and many of them would even begin crying as, as they're praying. And these are the most joyous, loving people that would always just want to wrap their arms around you. But it was so weird how we'd start off hugging and be so happy and then we'd go to prayer and sometimes they'd be crying. You ever love someone so much that you can see that they're about to do something that's going to hurt themselves? Oh, it hurts. You can even kind of get worried about them. I've learned sometimes the closer I get to God, there's God is love. God is joy. There is fullness of joy in the presence of the Lord. I've learned there's a part in the heart of God where there's sadness. Because he loves his people so much. And he desires to see change. You know, one of the things that his plan is really for his saints, his desire is to put an anointing inside of you that when you speak, you move mountains. Jesus said, if you would have faith as little as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be moved. And we want to pray that over addictions. And we want to pray that over mount of marriages. And, and we, we want to pray that o- o- over, over strongholds. And we want to pray that o- o- over scenarios of hopelessness. We want to speak life. I caught a prayer. I want to love like God. You know, for God so loved the world that he sent his son. I don't want to go necessarily and pray and do work. You know what I want is I, I want to be in the place where I'm destined to be with God. And I want to make a difference. I'm praying over our church for a fire inside of us, for a revival within us, that there would be a passion inside of us to make change and to make a difference. And what I know is that we have got to rise up. We've got to rise up. There's got to be a burden inside of us that says, man, God, I want to do great things. And if you believe that there's power in prayer, there's probably almost nothing more wonderful, no gift, no check we can write, no no ministry we can do far before I ever come to this pulpit. It's so important that we get on our knees and we cry out to God. And we lift our voice. 
We pray over our children. And we pray over our generations and we ask for the nations and we ask for wisdom for Donald Trump and we begin to ask for wisdom for governors and for for states and for people that don't know the Lord and we want to see God move. Man, I believe that something is about to happen amongst the nations and we want to see change. There's fear everywhere. I walk into grocery stores and I see people with all these masks on and I'm I'm not saying don't, don't wear a mask, literally wear a mask, but I see fear only thing that I have to be afraid of is Jesus coming back. Like, God, don't, don't come back yet. I'm not ready for you to come back. I, there's people that don't know you yet. There's this burden in, in, in the scripture. It's, it's found in Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 18. And he says, Jeremiah the prophet, the weeping prophet, he's known as, he says, my grief is beyond healing. And my heart is broken. And my, I, I hurt with the people. Uh, I, I hurt with the people. I hurt with the hurt of my people, I'm sorry. And I mourn, and I am overcome with grief. Jeremiah has a burden for the lost. He realizes that like, God, there is a lot of people that are out there that don't know Jesus, and if he comes back now, there's a lost and dying world out there. God, you gotta give me an anointing. God, you gotta give me the, the ability to lay hands on the sick. God, you gotta give me the ability to, to, to know things about people that I shouldn't normally know. God, I'm asking that you would move. When's the last time we cried out? I caught a prayer. Please understand, you don't have to pray long. Jesus, who is God, said when you pray, let your words be short. (laughs) You don't have to pray for 45 minutes. If you can, awesome, good for you. You don't get any more of a badge in heaven. But let it come out of here. God, there are people that are struggling with sin. God, I'm struggling with sin. I've got this pride in my heart. I didn't even want to come and talk to you a couple minutes ago. I love the world more than I love you sometimes. Would you change me, God? God, would you move in my life? Would you move in our church? Lord, we need the power of God back. We, I, I, there's gifts that I've never used before. I, I've never prayed for someone. I've never shared my faith. God, would you make me as bold as a lion? I caught a prayer. And you just find one. And you say it over and over and over again until it changes you. You would just be clay in his hands. See, where we're clay is when we're with the Father. There's this one last verse I want to read to you from the Apostle Paul. Man, his heart was really broken. He said something that's straight crazy because he got a glimpse of the Father's heart and it broke him. See, I think God wants to bless some of you with a burden. Some of us have forgotten a burden, but it's what happens when you love someone. You get concerned for them. You really just want to see God's best in their life. And so we speak it over them. The Apostle Paul had a burden It was a burden that drove him around the world. Got him in trouble a lot. And in Romans chapter 9, he said this. 
with Christ as my witness. I speak with utter truthfulness. And my conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief. For, for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters, for I would be willing to be forever cursed and cut off for Christ if it would save them. This is the heart of God the Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. There's a lot of things that we can pray. A lot of beautiful prayers. One of the, the prayers that are probably the most boring and the reason why many of us have fallen asleep in prayer is because we're stuck on the prayer, oh God bless me. God, I need a new pair of shoes. God, if I can really get that boy to like me. Or God, if I can figure out how to get that job or that boat, then I'd be complete. Sometimes we've missed purpose. There's an urgency, I believe, that's happening on the earth today. The whole earth has been shaken, and I believe that God is doing something globally. What if we're not ready for what God's about to do? I believe it's time that we pray. Come out with us on Friday night and pray with us. Let's ask that God would move within our church, move within our hearts, teach us how to be passionate about Jesus more than we are about sports, clothes, Facebook. I'll give you a heart to know me. Says the Lord, Jeremiah 24, seven. Did you come back, Rich? Deb? So what prayer do I want to teach you today? I want to love like you, Jesus. Can you imagine what's in God's heart? God's so filled with love. He'd be willing to come to earth, abandon heaven, and give his life for his people. God loves you. I rebuke any sense of shame or guilt or condemnation that would cause you to say within yourself, I'm not good enough or I don't know how to pray or any of those things. No, no, no. Just gravitate to one prayer and pray it over and over and over again until your heart believes it. Father, I thank you that you're here right now and you're in this room and that you always hear me when I pray. That's a great prayer. Now what? Now the world needs you. My boss needs you. My friends need you. And their business is failing and they don't know what they're gonna do and they need a move of God in their life. So I just wanna begin to pray right now over many of you. It's the heart of a pastor. I pray over you right now that you would know the love of God. I pray over you that you would know the call of God that's on your life. I pray over you that you would know You are perfect. That's the way every parent is always going to see their kids. You're beautiful just as you are. 
and I just want to be with you. You know, some great prayers are be still and know that I'm God. You don't even have to say anything. There are so many times where I've been in prayer where I'm doing it not because I feel anything moving around me, but because it's where I'm supposed to be and it's good for me to be disciplined and do something that I know is powerful. I'm calling you to a full minute of meaningful prayer. And then I'm calling you to five, maybe to 10, and then maybe back to two. I'm just calling you to meet with your Savior. He loves you just as you are. There's a call of God on you. It's not to be an evangelist. It's not to be a prophet. It's not to be an intercessor. It's to be with Jesus. And at first, it may not be easy. You'll get to know each other as he shares his heart with you. God, I want to love like you. And he'll put people on your heart that you love, and he'll tell you to pray for them. And then we lift our voice. Right now, I want to pray over you that you would surrender your life to Jesus and you would answer the call of God to be close to him. For the next two minutes, turn to Jesus.
pretty fired up about what I believe God is, is going to do and may just be in your pastor. But I get a sense that he's wanting to do something so wonderful in your hearts. And so turn to the scriptures. Read right now. Pray. Read the Psalms. Pray the Psalms. Pray the word of God. Lord God, teach me to love like you. Teach me to pray like you. Give me your burden. Give me your heart. I love you guys. And I am pumped to be able to see you guys here in a couple soon. And so anyways, come out and join us this Friday night and worship with us. I love you. See you soon.